You guys are welcome to truffles. Mm. And uh, I shouldn't be eating this stuff. You should. I had blueberry pancakes this morning. You're going to be a huge fan. Uh, yeah. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Bob Schreiner. Gene George is away today. Uh, we hope he's doing well wherever he is. And Liddy Ward's off doing some, I don't know, probably I, something bad. I heard she was sailing. Oh, okay. Okay. Sailing on a little boat. I didn't know that. Perfect shape. just what I heard. Not about her. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. That's, that's something I think people on ships would say. I don't know. Yeah. In Shaky Town Studios today, we have Angelina Elise. Hello. And we have... John Mayo. John Mayo. <laughs> I knew that. This. Thank you for introducing yourself. <laughs> we are here to talk about the opening artist reception for Americana Hicksters. This is happening May 11th, this Friday, at Jet Studios in Long Beach, 811 East 7th Street. Uh, Angelina, this is your art that you will be exhibiting. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about it. <laughs> um, I guess it's just a, a collection of works over the past year. And I was approached by Zach Grimsley, who lives at Jet Studios, to do a group show, um, an Americana group show. And then it kind of turned into my own solo show somehow but I'm I'm pretty excited because I I never show anything other than posting online so this should be a real treat yeah and by the way you can hear uh, them setting up for the <laughs> yeah. uh, the reception in the background those hammers <laughs> um, uh, so if you hear that during the show that's just that's just art yeah. at work <laughs> art at work hard at work um, and now they can find out more about Jet Studios at facebook.com slash Jet Studio Long Beach. Uh, there's also going to be an old-time jam hosted by Triple Chickenfoot. Now, actually, I met Angelina uh, some years ago when she was affiliated with Hyperion Tavern, which is yeah. a, a, a bar in uh, Los Angeles that uh, used to do music, used to have shows, and I performed on a mm -hmm. few of those shows. And um, you were you were promoting a lot of music then. Yeah, um, I was bartending and promoting booking bands. So it was, gosh, I don't know how many years I did that for. Um, maybe six, six years. And then I moved back to Long Beach. So the Hyperion Tavern is no longer there. But to my knowledge, I think it's open maybe a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sure, so I kind of said goodbye, like, last year to yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, um, what were some of the events that you would hold there? I mean, it wasn't just, uh, here's a band playing. There was always some theme, yeah. something that was revolved around. Well, I did Thursday nights, so each night of the week were different bar bartenders who got to do what they wanted. So Thursday nights were acoustic nights, and people would come and... It kind of had like a folk acoustic vibe to it. Um, then I started doing a couple like burlesque nights there. And then it just, I think I kind of was just over it Yeah. at a certain point. <laughs> In this role, did you feel that the bartending or the booking was more thankless? 
I don't know. I don't want to say that the booking was... Oh, that's right. You can. I just painted you into a corner. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> There's only one right I, answer. I certainly thank her. Anytime I played, I was very The bands, grateful. there were bands that I absolutely loved that I became friends with and that I still love them to this day. But then on the other hand, there were bands that just weren't like, I would give them a chance and they kind of weren't what I had in mind for sure. the night. Um, but Brad, who was my partner, uh, was doing the bartending, so he had to deal with all the unruly, drunken bar patrons. <laughs> well, I think Brody and I, who have both booked bands at, at various times, as yeah. well as anyone out there listening who has ever booked shows, can certainly agree that there, you know, if you do ten shows, there's yeah one band that makes it all worthwhile you know seven that are indifferent and yeah. two that are a complete pain in the ass that make you want but to never do it again the great thing about the hyperion was that we got a lot of talented like musicians and who were just like amazing people um so that was just you know to be a part of people who actually played good music and not crappy music it was it was very nice and, and you have a certain interest. You're affiliated with the Old Time Music Society? Um, the, well, the Old Time Music scene. So there's an event every year, uh, the Los Angeles Old Time Social, that's put on by Triple Chicken Foot. Uh, they do and promote like old time music throughout Los Angeles, have square dances. So I guess I'm just a part of that. I like going to the dances. Mm-hmm. I like kind of the sense of community with all yeah. those people. There's, there's rumors about you performing ukulele at some of these? No, no. The, um, I've heard something about ukulele. Yeah, I haven't played um, or performed uh, in quite a while. So I don't know if you did. I hope you didn't get too deep <laughs> to find any videos or anything like that. I, I decided when you hinted to me about it to be vague about it in the hopes that... <laughs> yeah. You know, like when your mom finds out and, you know, or says that she, I know what you did, and yeah. then you confess everything. Yeah. That's what I was trying to pull oh, out okay. right now. It didn't quite work. No. <laughs> I told you we needed a brighter bulb. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was oh, part of a duo called Eucular Winter. Nice. Many, many years ago. I like that. Whoa. And <laughs> I would wear pretty dresses and put a bottle cap. Uh, on my shoes and would tap dance while my partner Patrick played ukulele. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite embarrassing now. It needn't be. No, not at all. Not at all. But it was fun at the time. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds fun right now. (laughs) You don't still have those shoes, do you? (laughs) No, I think I still have the bottle. (laughs) Well, we can go from there. Um, now, John, tell us about your role in these events um, as they have unfolded. It's minimal. Yeah, uh, he's kind of a. a I don't know. I guess I'm just around. helping, like, with any mechanical stuff. The or, man like, stuff yeah. of the yeah. art. I'm gonna be hanging pictures here <laughs> in the next week. Making sure shit doesn't fall. Oh, can you cuss? Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Making sure stuff fall does not fall off the wall, Hopefully. which I'm I'm pretty grateful for him hanging out and doing this for me because I would not know how to hang a picture at all. Yeah, 
At my last job, um, not the production company I work for now, but the, the previous one I worked for last year, uh, one day they called me into their... I worked in the suite of one of the, the shows that they produced, but they called me into like the main corporate office. And I'm like, hey, um, since RPA left, like we don't have anybody to do this, and we were just yeah. hoping you could hang these pictures for us. It was like... <laughs> you know, promo posters for all their shows mm -hmm. and whatever films they tinkered with. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I wanted to keep my job. Not that I thought sure. they would fire me over that, <laughs> but come uh, promotion time or raise time. But those times never came, by the way. Right. So now I should have just told them to screw themselves. But <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sure. And I took the hammer and yeah. just the nails and just, you know. Did I balled they stay it up there? as far as I know. Maybe that's why I never got a call yeah. back after the hiatus started. They were like, we have to let that guy go. <laughs> he didn't even hang a picture. Yeah. Maybe when I was on my way out the door and see, I'd slam the door. They just all came crashing down like in a farce. It was a, a test. Yeah. It was like the last thing. <laughs> I feel like if you can trust a man in your, that works for you with a hammer, you can trust him with a great many things. Yeah. And John is very trustworthy. <laughs> With a hammer. With a hammer. Now, is it true with, uh, that everything looks like a nail? How's that? What? When you have a hammer. Oh. When you have a hammer. Sorry, I, I, I say aphorisms that apparently just old people know, I guess. Oh, I um a few years older than you. and I So I guess I, I might be affirming this, but I like that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Uh, they also say that, what's the thing they say? Uh, maybe it's a Born Against song, the nail that... Even babies and, like, kittens? <laughs> Especially babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> babies are always hammering. There's no grace. It's just always... <laughs> you see a pet a cat and it looks like they're... Yeah, it looks like they're smashing a bug. <laughs> so especially to babies. I think she might have been referring to the babies and kittens being the targets of the yeah. hammer. Oh, I thought you meant babies with hammers. Oh, See, yeah. that's how, yeah. That's the new, uh, that's, a, that's the show that that production company made, actually, was yeah. Babies with Hammers. And the potential sponsorship of Home Depot that we're <laughs> dovetailing into. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what's, what's the name of that Born Against song, though? The nail that gets sticks up gets hammered down, right? Yes. Are we have any more other Born Against fans under this roof tonight? I, I don't. It's a small. It's a small crew. I don't know who that band Fair is. Uh, Let's talk about <laughs> this event a little bit more. This old time jam for the uninitiated listener. What is an old time jam? Um. Entail? Well, it is different than a bluegrass jam. Okay. Uh, old time, you uh, pretty much sit in a chair in a big circle and with fiddles and banjos and guitars and jam um, to kind of like Appalachian Mountain music. And you kind of have a leader, which is mainly a fiddle player uh, who calls out the tunes uh, that people want to play. But it's, I don't know, it's a lot of fun and I play as well. So if you're interested in banjos or fiddles, um, or this kind of music, I would suggest coming down and checking it out. Yeah. yeah. I know. Will you be playing? Yeah, I play banjo -laley. It's a... <laughs> if you took a banjo and a ukulele and they made a baby, it's a banjo -laley. Wow. 
That is freaking me out <laughs> in an entirely awesome way. Yeah. <laughs> Instruments having sex. <laughs> I mean, not even the, the coital aspect of yeah. it wasn't even charming. That's, I wasn't even thinking about that. I will be thinking about that later. <laughs> Alone. Yeah. But, um, but right, just the, it was the child was what had me uh, so excited, the end product. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a pretty cool instrument. I like it. You don't happen to have one on you, do you? No. I, Concerning. Damn. And it's small enough to where like you could bring it along. Your your old timey exclamation was appreciated there, by oh, the thank way. You. I'm trying to keep it I'm trying to keep it period yeah. thematic. Okay. <laughs> now you uh, as you mentioned you moved back to Long Beach. You were in LA while you were promoting. Now are you originally a California kid? Yes. So I am born and raised in Long Beach, Southern California. I like warm weather, but I I like cold weather too. So yeah, I'm not sure where I would choose to live. Do you have a favorite cold weather place? I kind of like Portland, but I don't know. The East Coast sounds nice with snow. But yeah, I don't think because you're from I'm from Phoenix originally. Oh, okay, yeah, but you get snow in Phoenix, right? Um, you get it parts of Northern Arizona. Yeah, yeah. It snowed yeah. like twice in Phoenix um, in my 25 years there. Well, I'm bad at weather and geography. So. <laughs> what about you, John? Where are you from? Uh, I was from Minnesota since I was like 10 years old and then lived here since I've been in California since I was 10. So you feel like a, a native at this point? Yeah, an pretty adopted much. native. Yeah. Long enough now. Do you have nostalgia for the snow? Yeah, I mean, I remember good times, but right. I don't want to really go back. Right. Well, you could really only remember good. Times. I say this because I lived in Pittsburgh until I was ten, okay. so I never had to shovel a driveway, exactly. and ours was a mile and a half long. So yeah, yeah, I had an older brother, so he'd have to do that type of thing. Yeah, so you saw I just other played in this. Yeah, for me, it was like yeah. I'm gonna make angels in this. I'm gonna pee in it. I'm gonna <laughs> lot of big balls of it and try to throw it at things exactly. or hide under it. <laughs> so it was entirely a mirthful. You know, means of precipitation for me. But I would, I would not want to live there in Minnesota again, I don't think. I think yeah. it's just the, the aesthetic aspect of snow. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are all clean and crisp and white. Mm-hmm. But you gotta plug your car in. Yeah. <laughs> pan of kerosene on fire under it or something, you know. Good stuff like that. I, I briefly was in Wyoming. My father worked in oil fields in Evanston for like six months when I was Three, I think I remember snow there and I remember being pushed down a hill in a box by my sisters and tumbling out and smashing my head and not even like a, a inflated tire no just a box a box they just put their three-year-old little brother in a box and pushed him down a snowy hill the box didn't even get soggy and wet from the snow oh I'm sure it did I'm, yeah. that's probably it probably broke apart and that's at probably why at least a why. trash can they could have gotten a trash can yeah it just rolled me down the hill <laughs> I don't know if you remember because it was so young buddy but did that box have stamps on it <laughs> I don't were remember. they possibly trying to <laughs> send me out front ship you away <laughs> it's possible I think my sisters like me i mean they they dressed me up in their clothes and you know that that's love right yeah that's just a form of love <laughs> that some people practice yeah see i wish i had a little brother <laughs> so you could dress him up I in your clothes and push yeah. him down a hill <laughs> he would never come back <laughs> yeah i was the only boy three sisters 
So your show starts Friday. How long does it run till? Um, it starts at six, and then the old time jam starts at eight. So it goes till ten, but uh, it might just turn into a gigantic party. So we're not we're sure. Hoping, right? So you're saying yeah. it might get out of hand. Yeah. I, uh, in an old timey kind of way. In an old timey kind of way. Yes. <laughs> and as far as the um, the art that you have exhibited yeah. there, does that have like a uh, particular run? Um, no, so it, it's really only for one night. Um, yeah, I I don't think so. Jet Studios is kind of like a a com- not a commune. That's yeah, like the wrong. Is that right though? Is it like an artist colony? Yeah, or commune? an artist colony. So only artists can live and work there. Uh, the space. Um, it's kind of small, but yeah, it's just for one night, and they do shows throughout the summer. So I think the next show they're they're gonna do is maybe like in a couple months. But this is the first one to kind of start that off. Now, are your pieces for sale, or are they just for exhibit? Uh, they're for sale. I back kind of is handling all the sale part mm-hmm. because it it kind of makes me feel funny in a way like how people want like I want people to see one of my drawings or whatever to put on their wall but I feel weird like selling them that so yeah that you know that's a reoccurring theme on this show we've talked to a lot of people who I mean the 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 aim of the show is to talk to people trying to make a living and stay creative in Los Angeles and a lot of people have to um yeah, as far as part of that hustle, have to juggle both being the artist and, and being the business. Yeah, the yeah. salesperson. Broker. For that. Yes. And the diplomat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've managed to avoid it so far. Yeah, so far I have. But I mean, you as that as a promoter, I mean, yeah, I would think you could apply those same talents to if if you want to. I think I'll call yeah. promoting a talent or skill. You know, that's yeah, you could apply. The thing, yeah. I mean, the thing with the Hyperion was that the bar never made any money. Like. Mm-hmm. It, you know, three or four hundred dollars a night just on beer was a good night. Yeah. So the bands that played, you know, we would comp them some beers, but we would never pay to have the music. It was all out of like community people wanting to keep the space going to have that kind of like local music vibe in there. Yeah. So. So now at this point, it, it's. You know, you're trying to make the money on on the pieces, so it it requires this new muscle to flex. Yeah. So thank God I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think just recently I've actually have embraced like being an artist, so that it's kind of new to me to mm-hmm. like say that I am an artist. But I mean, you were always creating, right? It's yeah, just, it's I've just... always been drawing and making stuff, but now it's kind of in a different setting mm-hmm. where you're having a show and people could say, I want this on my wall, rather than my friends coming to me, can you draw me this to put on my wall? Well, and it's a funny paradox because a lot of times I think we don't, we feel funny telling someone we are something if we're not going to be paid for that. Yeah. Yet we have that struggle of always negotiating with people how much you know yeah, because people art, will want this because they're like minded. It's like yeah. if you like what I do, then you like me, and 
We yeah. should be friends, and it's... how much of my, how much of your money should I take yeah. <laughs> for liking what for you liking what I like? And but so that's there's the that problem whole... I see because so many of the people around me I I adore and love that I just want to make things for them and have to not be like this interchange of money, mm-hmm. you know. I think it would be so much easier if we all had gardens. Yeah. <laughs> Surely if I showed up with a bushel of peppers. Yes. Like, well, this seems like a fine lot of compensation for Jory. I, I am all for barter. Bartering and trading. There, that's the oldiest, tiniest thing <laughs> that I can think of is the barter. I have a feeling I'm going to keep going with this theme well beyond the parameters yeah. of this show. <laughs> I will be annoying you some merchants to tonight. I, I've got a starter seated. <laughs> yeah, we should mention that John has a very enviable mustache. <laughs> as as Thank you. the audience is familiar with the awesomeness of my beard, and I'm I'm. I, I don't feel any shame in saying that. It is my beard. You should be proud of that beard. <laughs> and, and and similarly, John and his mustache. I think Ronnie would be proud of that beard. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think men owning axes everywhere would look at that beard and say, <laughs> damn right. Yeah. Actually, you know, a funny thing... Well, let's find out if this is funny. I thought it was funny. Something that happened this weekend was... Um, I have a friend, Wes Derby. Uh, he's the head of Mojo Radio, which unfortunately has now just announced its closure. It was like, you know, internet radio. Um, he's gotten, I guess, conservative over the years, and which, you know, whatever, everybody has their own political viewpoints. That's fine, I guess, as long as your political viewpoint isn't that of JT Reddy's or something like that. Um, but, there's now an opening for. Yes, <laughs> which there is. But, you know, he retweeted some something somebody said. I responded like, well, what do you mean by that? Because... People who usually make pejorative statements and are trashing, you know, quote unquote liberals. Usually, once you kind of poke about, poke at him about it, like you find there's no substance to their argument, and just turn into this prolonged thing where mm-hmm. I, I kicked a hornet's nest and like all these conservative so-called folks on Twitter like decided to tweet at me about it. And oh, great. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: like there was never my my one thing was like, why do you use the word liberal as a pejorative? Like that that was all I want to know. Well what what is a liberal to you? Why do you use it like it's an insult? Why are you quote unquote sick of liberals? Like, you know, I is it I can't, you know, I, oh, I'm so sick of them fighting for marriage equality and you know, or, or is it like if you're like a tea party, you know, I think this about fiscal policy. I'm probably not going to be interested in arguing with you cuz I'm not a money or numbers person. Right. Um but, and neither will they be. Yeah. <laughs> most likely. Right. I know that's painting with a broad brush. Right. So in lieu of an argument, it was jokes about my beard. <laughs> it was like, well, that's what, do, all they have. what do we care about what you say, Charles Manson? You know, it's like, <laughs> is that your best? Because I hang out with comedians and uh, <laughs> I've heard worse. Yeah, I had a funny thing. So this was a few years ago. But a, um, a friend of mine from Arizona who is Mormon. Um, it was on Facebook, and, and he had some sort of he made he said something about Sarah Palin, and you know something sort of disparaging, like oh God, like when is it enough of Sarah Palin? And I responded something to the effect of I love her; she has awakened a part of the uh, like the angry voter, and and it's I love it. Like Republicans have been pandering for this kind of angry person for so long. Now they have it. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to control it. I think it's beautiful. 
and one of his friends, like this this other guy who he probably like you know grew up with, who worked worked for like you know some literally where I think he worked for some oil company in Texas, uh, responds and he he must not have read what I said really closely because he he missed it and was like yeah I'm with you Bob these <laughs> these fucking live these fucking liberal Democrats are shitting in their pants over Sarah Palin. And I wrote back something with the effect of like, well, if there's any feces in my pants, it's strictly out of laughter because she, you know, she this is, to me, this is great comedy. To me, this is like Frankenstein, the reality TV show, because you have all these pissed off Republicans now who are just demanding their Republican to be this hyper religious freak out anti-abortion hates gays. Like they've really alienated the conservative, like the, the centrist Republican, which is kind of what Republicans were so effective yeah. in doing yeah. to centrist Democrats. So it's such a fucking great swing of the pendulum to me. Like I'm, it's like sitting on a hill and watching everyone <laughs> fight and be like, you're all fucked. <laughs> but it was amazing. This, this sort of, you know, it was like this Facebook argument comes, comes forth with this guy. And some of the things he was saying were just amazing. One, one that always sticks out to me was that it's like, see, it's people like you, Bob, you're the problem. Colon, we knew to use a colon, the swing voter. <laughs> People who just vote randomly. And it was so amazing that, like, the, you know, that that division is so staunch that, you mm-hmm. know, the idea that I would, you know, and that I am actually not voting in accordance to, like, these sort of rigid um, yeah. policy lines was, was what was wrong with America. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, people actually making, like, their own choices as opposed to, like, party choices was what was fucking up America. Man, we are really fucked. Because <laughs> there's a lot more of you than there are of me. So, so there's that. Thanks for indulging that little diary. No, of course, of course. John, last political fight you got into. Uh, I can't really think of ever getting in a political fight. I yeah, try to stay out of it, really. Did you ever get in a food political. fight? No, I don't think so. Pillow fight? He's like the most mellow, like, guy I've ever met. Like, I don't think, I don't even think I've been in a political... Compliment fight? (laughs) Yeah, we get into (laughs) No, you look better. (laughs) I would imagine, though, as as a promoter, you've had to deal with, like, some boneheaded dudes saying something... Yeah. If if not, um, if not like totally politically opposed to you at least sexist because there is that in the music scene as well maybe not as much even, as in some other scenes i think but. i was on such like a low level with the hyperion that i never really got that and like the promoting it wasn't like i was everywhere trying to promote the bands i would have musicians come to me hey yeah. can i have this night so i would I would say I was more of an organizer, mm-hmm. if anything, with the calendar yeah. than like an actual promoter because I'm I'm not good at promoting <laughs> as you can see, with my show. So um, you are also big into bicycle culture. Yes. I I ride a bike. I don't own a car. I haven't had a car for almost a year. Um yeah, this actually was scheduled last week. It took her a week to bicycle yes, from Long Beach did. to get to my house. So All the way. that's why we're recording it now. Um, I think, I don't know, I, I started riding a bike when I spent 
a summer in London, living in London and working there, mm -hmm. and found how like easy it was to commute back and forth. I mean, London is what six miles wide, so that was nothing. Yeah. So moved back home. Uh, well, moved back to LA from there, and just started riding a bike and kind of getting into dipping my toes into the bike culture. In yeah. LA. Now, I, for for those outside of LA who listen to this podcast, um, I mean, there's there is a specific when we say bike culture, you mean well, what the hell is that? You know. Um, I would guess it was all it's all inclusive, just mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, instead of like on a nice day, go out riding your bike. I have friends who throw races. I have friends who do like the bike kitchen and stuff like that. So right. I'll try and like go to fundraisers when I can, but living in Long Beach is kind of hard Yeah, um, to get out to LA every the week. Bike Kitchen just moved, right? Because it was uh, at Melrose and Heliotrope next to Scoops yeah. and, and Pure Luck, which isn't there anymore, which I don't know if you, Bobby, you ever got to mm -hmm. go to Pure Luck. Pure Luck was this vegan pub. It was pretty awesome. And good beer, too. Yeah, yeah. And Scoops is still there. Do you drink beer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I just making sure. <laughs> I was going to bring you a oh. some Coronas for Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. I, so we are recording this know, Cinco de Mayo. I don't know, vegan, like, <laughs> I um, don't know if you drank beer or not. I, you know, when I was in high school, I was straight edge, but that was just yeah. because I think most high school kids are, aren't they? Unless, uh... Yeah. It's a good time for it. Yeah. yeah. I was vegetarian in high school. <laughs> yeah. John? Vegetarian? Straight edge? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'd been on like the straight edge thing in high school yeah yeah it's um it's it, it meant something different then than it does now i think like I, well i think when uh, i was you know in high school in the late 90s so um i it, it was then becoming like more of a militant thing where there was right. like fights and people Sure. Straight well, there's, you know, I think there's yeah. a thing of, of youth. There's, there's youth rebellion is is so easily um, pandered to by just you know getting fucked up. So it's such yeah. an, it's such an easy thing. Uh, so I think straight edge when you're young, when you're of that age is such a See, opportune should, and obvious thing. So people, like, kids should find old time in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, that is another yeah. way to buck. Like, no, I will not go drinking. Red Dog with you in a field tonight. I will be making mead <laughs> in a cellar. Or with some moonshine and square dancing. <laughs> Hanging out on the front porch picking banjo. I think that will happen. This It's going to start here with this podcast yeah. episode. The trend will begin. Um, so where did the bike kitchen move in? And what, what can we explain to our audience who might... Especially our Los Angeles audience who should go check it out. Um, they moved to a new space right off Western and Hollywood Boulevard. I'm not sure the exact details when that when that will open or if it's opened yet. So this bike kitchen is kind of a collective, right? It's like you go in and you're able to yeah, work able, on your bikes with people. Yeah. And... It's kind of a nice like community thing. They get kids riding bikes and you could work on your bike and you have people there to help you um, kind of educate you on your bike and everything. Yeah, they have like spare parts and stuff kind of floating around, or yeah, they do. And all their, I think all their um, money comes from donations too. There was a uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix, a metropolitan area known for its uh, 
inclinations toward legislating against immigration. Uh, there was a great program called Handle Water Helpers where the city uh, the city would donate all of the stolen bikes or all the like, you know, bikes that were just Guarded discarded and, and just they had donated them all to this program. Yeah. And it was volunteer bomb, like a lot of bike store dudes ran it. And they would do these workshops where they would show kids bike maintenance. Yeah. So they would learn bike maintenance. They would fix other bikes up so they could sell them. And they would sell them really cheap because a lot of them were crappy bikes. So <laughs> they were really cheap. But all the kids that worked there got points to getting yeah. to getting bikes. So just after a certain amount of time, they just got a free bike. Which, if you know, if you're a kid. Then a bike's a bike. Well, yeah, free not bike. nowadays. Now um, you get kids, kids wanting like $1,000 bikes. Right. But this is a neighborhood where there are no thousand dollars. The only thousand dollar bikes are being ridden by or being ridden by the cops. Or the kids now will steal your thousand dollar bike. You're listening to the music of Triple Chickenfoot. Check them out at triplechickenfoot.com. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at, at @shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. This is Patrick Roddy, maker of Comedy Lightbox. You're listening to Shakytown Radio Hour. Sorry, I got caught. <laughs> How's that cookie? Angelina was very nice to bring some Uncle Eddie's vegan peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, which are some of the best cookies that you can get out there. Uh, in Whole Foods, there I'm not was vegan in there, amazing. Yeah, they're good, but there was another vegan cookie that I almost got, but I didn't like the girl's picture on the back. <laughs> oh no! She said, and it was all... she said from the pictures, she didn't want to eat that lady's cookies. Yeah, oh, no. But she kind of had the. A pretty good flavor, like peanut butter, apricot, but I just kind of went with what I knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a sure thing. <laughs> so, um, we were talking about the bikes, and, like, your your art um, incorporates some of these things that uh, you love, like uh, yeah, beer and I guess bikes. And... beer, bikes, men with mustaches, banjos, <laughs> cats, um, I don't know, just everything that kind of inspires me. But I've been doing a lot more bicycle-related art mm-hmm. um, than, like, normal, I guess. But I've started doing uh, bicycle head badges um, out of aluminum and copper. And that's kind of... I have an Etsy site, and they're sold on there. Kind of a nice, another, like, little outlet other than illustrations. Right. Now, what is exactly is a bicycle head badge? <laughs> it goes on the front of your bicycle. Okay. Um, sort of. Like where the old Schwinn logo yeah. goes or whatever like that. Yeah. So I make, like, old-timey beer jugs and banjos. And I'll have a nice kind of cat with a mustache. <laughs> so just silly, random things to put on your bike. What is your position on unicycles? I I don't think they're a bicycle. Well, no, because well, they're, too, they're uni, but, not bicycle. But, but do you respect them as a cycle? I <laughs> I don't know if I do. I think it not really, unless you're a clown <laughs> in a circus. What but, if I clown around a bit? 
but I am not a practicing clown professional. Mm. Say, say I'm just a clowny kind of guy that rides his unicycle to an office job. Honestly, if I saw you on a unicycle, I would probably say, why don't you just get a bike? <laughs> what if I can only afford one <laughs> wheel? One wheel? <laughs> one big wheel. Um, to ride with my knickers. Tucked into my socks. I, I think I would respect you more if you rode a penny farthing than a unicycle. Yeah. I don't know any merchants that sell either. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a bicycle. <laughs> I, I have a bicycle at Scott Tennant's house that has been sitting there for like a year or two. Like, it was gifted to me, and I was like, oh, I'll come pick it up, and I just never have. <laughs> hmm. It so, is hard to find the time to, like, go out and ride a bike. Like, I don't ride a bike for fitness. Mm-hmm. Like, No, you obviously. do that on necessity. <laughs> um, out of, yeah, out of necessity and just because I enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. we'll go on a weekend or something. I think we went to San Diego go ride bikes there um we'll like go ride bikes to lunch to eat kind of a destination yeah not really like to get all sweaty right well this is one of the good things about like the beaches here like you can go to venice beach or wherever and rent a cruiser yeah or you know around but like the city uh, i mean like cities like portland are probably friendlier to bicyclists And, and although there is a strong bike culture in la i don't know that the I don't know that the traffic is necessarily as friendly. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's just so much harder to live on a bike. You know, like it's just—I mean, I, I lived in Phoenix for years, not needing a car. Yeah. Sometimes not owning a car, and yeah. sometimes not driving the car that I owned, just because you know I lived in a college town and I rode my bike to work and to school. Yeah, and you could totally get around Tempe without a car. Something, something so tremendously victorious about knowing. That you don't ever need to fucking drive. Yeah. That you can get on your bike and it's never the wonder. Stress. I hope the battery didn't go dead. The stress yeah. of driving too, like other drivers, and I think I drove. Um, I drove had to drive out to LA last Saturday to drop off something, mm-hmm. and I got. By the time I got back home, I was so tensed up because of the traffic, being on the freeway and everything after not driving for almost a year. And then I tried to drive his truck, which is, I think I did pretty well. It's stick. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, man, that thing. You did all right. I, I do well enough to, like, get from A to B. Mm-hmm. Probably not. No <laughs> Any longer. other letters? Yeah. No other <laughs> letters. We won't send you to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, though, the, um, I, I mean, I don't have a bicycle currently. Um, you do. I have a bicycle you at, just at Scott's. haven't been gracious enough yeah. to accept it yet. <laughs> Can I shame you for that a little bit? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I know. Uh, but I've been able to get around on bus and, and rail pretty nicely. I've been yeah. lucky to work in some buildings that are right off, like, you know, like, like, where I work now, I can take a bus from my front door to, uh, eventually get on a train that drops me off right in front of my mm-hmm. office building. Nice. So, but um, I don't know. What, what do you th- think the city could do to make it more friendly? And how is it in Long Beach specifically? Long Beach, actually Long Beach is a very, like, they're very adamant about getting bike lanes and stuff, especially downtown. Mm-hmm. They have um, lights, 
like bike lanes downtown that are specifically have they're those like, like instead of a, well instead of like a walk signal it's like a bike a signal, bike signal. Oh, so it's okay. like so, a bike to go instead of you know instead of like but the thing with yeah. long beach is that hardly any people ride i mean it has a the, long beach has enough people but not as much as it should be like people i can't even talk <laughs> right now um they have the means but they don't really have people to fill like the means where yeah. LA has so many people on bikes yet they're kind of lagging in the whole like bike lanes and stuff like that yeah um, yeah and yeah I think it's it's the drivers really that need you know I don't know if like tickets need to be more expensive or you know I don't know what it is but like San Francisco also doesn't have a bunch of freeways. Mm-hmm. People are pretty much just in the city. So they're used yeah. to just driving at like 35, 40 miles an hour, and that's fine. They always have a... When you ride in San Francisco, you don't even have to think about cars. They're looking for bikes. Whereas around here, like I live in Orange County, Yeah. you're like, you're in the wrong place when you're on the street. They think like you should be you on the were, sidewalk. I and it's illegal to be on the sidewalk, you know? Yeah. They're used to going 65 miles an hour on city streets, like, you know, yeah. Beach Boulevard. They're going 65 miles an hour. And you're trying to ride your bicycle in the gutter? Like, that's where it gets scary. So, you know, I think the bigger cities, they're more used to seeing, like, bikes around and stuff. And yeah. LA's pretty good, you know? I mean... It's good, but it's not good enough. Yeah. It's not as good as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But they call that that Melrose and Heliotrope area, like, Heliotrope area, like, or they were calling it the bike district. I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah, but. I just, I've been out of L.A. for two years now, a little over two years. So yeah. I, I'm i kind of out of the loop mm-hmm. now with everything. So I'm kind of in Long Beach, <laughs> keeping to myself. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess my show's, like, my way of saying I'm still around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're touching base with the people. Yeah. And sometimes it's better to invite people to where you are. Yeah. To host them than to go Yeah. And I think, like, since I never, I don't show that I, my friends are more willing to come and see me so I can hang out. And it's, I don't think it's going to be like a stuffy art show or anything. Like, because that's not the person I am. I think when you have a show, it kind of, tells a lot about you as an artist and a person like i'll be making snacks and stuff so what kind of snacks will there be at this event oh not (laughs) vegan snacks (laughs) um i'm gonna make some bacon wrap dates all right which i wish you were vegan because they're pretty darn delicious uh there'll be beer and wine um i'll make some cupcakes this is, I like cooking, so yeah. if I could make, you know, uh, appetizers, I will. Cat wrap? Cat That's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you, we can edit that out. You ruined it for all the cat people. <laughs> but you might get more people to come. If they That's know. true. There will be cat grass for your and cat. And more, more cats to come as well. More cats. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of a nutty cat lady. <laughs> How many cats do you have? Um, I have two. At one point, um, I was living with four cats, mm-hmm. but yeah, so now I just have two. Okay. Um, 
and they are my little darlings. <laughs> <laughs> I see a picture of one of them right now, actually. This, uh, yeah, that would be that is Hurston. Hurston, uh, that's not his full name, his full name is Hurston Bowlegged Moawis. <laughs> <laughs> does that actually fit on a collar or is no it... <laughs> you know my cats don't wear collars they're um not even for when they go out they're indoor cats only because i i don't think i could like handle my cat getting hit by a car or yeah it's very like are your cats indoor cats? they're all, yeah it's strictly indoors yeah and you know they get thicker uh, when they're outdoor cats too so I once had a cat that I, he couldn't be owned. He was a neighborhood cat. He was, mm-hmm. uh, he, there were various stories about him, but he, I, I had found a house that was for rent and decided it was time for my yeah. girlfriend and I to move in together. And I went in the back, I called the number on the for rent sign and turned out the guy that owned the house was a really good friend of a really good friend who mm-hmm. was, oh, I, I, I was excited. He was like, oh, come right over. I'm a block mm-hmm. away. So as I was waiting, I helped myself to the backyard, which is yeah. full of fruit and nut trees, and it was, it was fantastic. And there was this striking black and white cat, with this big barrel-chested Teddy Roosevelt of a cat. <laughs> and I knelt down and called him over, and he came, this big, confident, yeah. broad shoulders strutting over. Cocksure would be appropriate. <laughs> and um, he was such a like, like if there's a if there's any such thing as like a good omen. Yeah. This is it. this means I should live here. Yeah. So I named him Mr. Gorgeous. <laughs> and he came over like he just he just showed up and yeah. visited. He was sort of like one of, he was one of those cats who was like welcome in like, you know, every house on the block. Yeah. You know, and they all had a different name for him. <laughs> See, I would have more cats if I was allowed to. Like when I had to move back home, my parents were very iffy about my cats coming back. Yeah. But my they actually ended up falling in love with them and now that I spend half my time in Huntington Beach, they um they take care of them. My cats don't even care if I come back <laughs> home. Is that where your folks are? My yeah, my folks are in Long Beach. Okay. So um I, I spend a lot of time with John Mayo here. Yes, you're in Huntington Beach. I'm in Huntington yeah. Beach. Okay. How far of a bike ride is that? 15 miles. Yeah, but I've never, yeah, I've never ridden. I haven't done it yet. Not yet. Not yet. I don't, I don't have to, really. Until the day you say, I'm not picking your ass up. (laughs) Um, Johnny, what, 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 um, what kind of pursuits do you have besides your recreational activities? Are, are you also a, a creative person? Um, kind of. I, uh, I'm a machinist, actually, but I, I, you know, I He's like creative. to draw and do stuff like that. I'm not really all that good at it, but I enjoy it. He makes things. Yeah. I make uh, yeah. things, bike stuff, like, machine stuff. What is your proudest invention or contraption? Um, I think one year for Christmas I made, like, the cogs, like, for the rear wheel, and, uh, I made like 35 of them for all my family and friends, and I did each one different, so they, they kind of look like a snowflake, but they they were aluminum, mm-hmm. and I polished them and stuff, so some had holes, some had slots, different stuff like that. But, but you've done like the top caps, 
um, yeah, for the headset and stuff. It's very inventive. Good with your hands. Yeah. Sounds like you have the Man's workings work. of the cottage industry <laughs> on your mm, the back end of your work day. Yep, I um, do stuff for her. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole bicycle head badge thing started because for Christmas he made me a little banjo to put on my bike. Yeah. And I was like, I could make these and sell them. <laughs> so, yeah. You can. I can. <laughs> um, do you uh, also, do you have an affiliation with HM157? Um, no, I just attend their shows. Like, the, a lot of the square dances are there, too, but I love, absolutely love that place. That and the Echo Country Outpost. I haven't been there yet. Yeah, I haven't but... been there since we moved to their new location. Okay. But it's, I heard it's bigger and better. But, um, yeah, those two places in L.A. I really like. Yeah. I, I um, people listen to this show... Our audience, that's what you call them. Uh, you guys may remember uh, when Emmett Casey was on and we talked about Well of the Beast, the film I made with him. Uh, I, I played a role in that he made a couple years ago and we filmed part of it at HM157. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful house. I in mean, the house or out? Both, yeah. Okay. There were scenes shot in, in yeah. both places and both interior and exterior. Yeah, I kind of so. like the whole like uh, communal living Thing. Yeah, that's another one of those, like, yeah, artists, yeah. you know, collectives. I'm really big on sharing and kind of, like, everybody helping and, you know, growing food and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's really honestly something, I mean, I've been out here five years now, and, um, Bobby, you've been out here four years? Yes, uh, the 28th of April was my four-year anniversary. That's right. And um, I, I had really not, <laughs> got out of the back of a box, had not really kind of gathered the concept of like a collective at, at the that point. I mean, I'm sure they existed where, where we came from in Phoenix, but um, but yeah, just, just uh, and we were hinting about it earlier, about like bartering and yeah. you know, sharing things and stuff. What, ha, do you see that catching on more in, in society as a whole? Like, do you think that will Communal pick up living? in- yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think do you more think like do you want to return to that? Sustainable living mm-hmm. is definitely like having a comeback, like a revival of people growing their own food and kind of, um, I don't know, not like more conscious mm-hmm. about where they get their food from or kind of, I don't know, like instead of going to a store to build a shelf, like they'll build a shelf. Like, yeah. I I personally would like to live in on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, and as much as I love my friends and family, yeah. I think I'm I'm fine by myself. I mean, I wouldn't be by myself. I'd, I'd hopefully be with you, right? <laughs> She's pointing to Bob right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my cheeks are I'm blushing. <laughs> um, I I don't think I'd be able to like hang a shelf without you. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about the moving out to uh, the Yeah, Denmark? I've always thought of that. Um, We're I, like big food people. Like it, I lived in Hawaii for about three yeah. and a half, four years, and it's a really, in Maui, and it's really mellow, slow lifestyle. And coming back here is kind of like a shock, you know? Now, it's yeah. been years, and I've gotten back into it, but it'd be nice to be out and mellow, you know? Yeah. Well, I think with so many of these 
how do I even word this without a confusing trajectory? <laughs> um, I think so many, um, you know, historically when people were more, you know, communal and more, you know, when the barter could swing, it's, I think these were all things that were contingent upon sort of maybe geographically limited areas mm-hmm. where you just didn't have these big, you know, stretching, you know, yeah. plots of land and millions of people. So, you know, if you're you know, like Hawaii is a great example. Like you're, you know, you're pretty much going to see the same people yeah, definitely. all the time. So it's so easy, you know, you're going to be receptive to that kind of coming up to you and saying, hey, this is what I do and this is what I have and maybe... Right. Maybe we can exchange the things we have. Yeah. But you know, it's just it's it's funny how that, that is such a contrary idea. You know, if I were to, you know, if I were to walk into the Barnes and Noble, like who needs radishes? Because <laughs> Bob Schreiner's got some reading to do. <laughs> I would probably be sent away. <laughs> Not just out of the Barnes and Noble, but <laughs> sent quite far away. I remember when uh, Megan and I uh, we honeymooned. Uh, part of the honeymoon was in Asheville. North Carolina. Mm. And as much as I love, I mean, I'm here in Los Angeles. I'm pursuing writing, you know, I'm yeah. doing music too, or I'm returning to music actually next June, my first live performance in a couple of years. And, you know, just all the different things I'm working in. And I love it. I love the city and I love what it offers. But at the same time, sometimes I just think about like, why don't we just, you know, pack it up and move to Asheville and just, yeah. you know, we could, I mean, I won't be working in television, but I'll be, I can still play music i could write i could maybe try to get published from there and stuff and just it's definitely like you said you know uh, i mean it's very different from what maui is but in the sense of you know like slowed down and relax and i have friends even tell me about that about austin or you know like you should Mm -hmm. move to austin it's you know you've got plenty to do plenty of things you can see and um it's just much more relaxed and friendlier than los angeles Mm -hmm. yeah la can if you don't have like a or like thick skin it can really like kick your ass mm-hmm. and like, I think we'll find like a lot of times we'll just like get to the weekend and just not want to do nothing Yeah, you know Yeah, like the whole week just ah it's been crazy let's just do nothing I think if we're out yeah. in the middle of nowhere it'd be like hey let's go do this on we the would weekend probably we're just relaxing every day so like let's go somewhere than, <laughs> than we are now <laughs> it's, with the show and everything we it's been crazy I've never been this busy before in my life um so I'm like looking forward to after the show and just like doing nothing, going to see a movie. That's all I want to do. Yeah, I haven't seen a movie in forever. Have you picked the movie? No, The Avengers. I right? want it to be a traditional like. <laughs> no, I want to see that uh, Johnny Depp movie. No, oh, <laughs> Dark okay, I'll go, yes. I'll go see that. So it's going to be a talkie. <laughs> a talkie, yeah. <laughs> you decided that much. It'll be a talkie in color. <laughs> Modernity has spoiled you. <laughs> Clara Bow is spinning in her grave. I assume she's buried somewhere. <laughs> she could be entombed. Let's turn to the Wikipedia and find out. I don't think they. I think. I think she would be buried or cremated. I'm gonna put my money on buried. You can play along at home. And my money won't be on the gold standard. <laughs> Turn to your uh, who you're listening to this with, because I know you all gather and listen to this in groups, and 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 bet amongst yourselves, and and pause at this point in the podcast if you have to. And please be listening to this on something tube generated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it looks like she died. We knew that much. Yeah, it was pretty. September of 1965, 
and she was interred at Forest Lawn uh, Memorial Park Cemetery. Uh, so very near here, actually, mm-hmm. uh, to the Shaky Town Studios. So we actually, after this, we could all go visit her, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, her, her, her resting place. Interred what? means entombed, right? I'm not really qualified to speak on that. <laughs> and I like that. I like that. Wait, was that Michael means. Jackson entombed? He, or... I, I don't know. I, also, I know he's at I the same place. He's in, at Forest yeah, Lawn. Yeah. Yeah, I also well, like placed, that I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Placed in a grave or tomb. Oh. He can be interred, so. I don't know. I don't, I think I, I, we were actually talking about it on the way over here. I don't even know how we got on that subject about being buried <laughs> or funerals. We saw a funeral procession oh, go by. Oh, on the way here. Yeah, and they have those natural like uh, cemeteries now, where they cremate you and they like stick you in this. Um, it looks like an acorn mm-hmm. type thing, and then they put you in the ground. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if they have one here in in LA, but that's kind of how I want to go. Yeah, I would love to be in a corpse acorn. Yeah. <laughs> Giving back to trees. Exactly. And worms and... By the way, Claire Bow is in a grave, and uh, and uh, I'm looking at that, the tombstone now. But apparently, according to her grave, she is Hollywood's IT girl. Well, it says, <laughs> yes, she was Hollywood's IT girl. Although, actually, that looks more like a thing that you put on the side of a tomb. Yes, it does. Uh, Michael Jackson, meanwhile, to answer your question, was been reanimated. No. It says mausoleum <laughs> where he was buried. What uh, is I'm that sure. better than a tomb? Yeah, it sure is hell ain't cheaper. Right, like a disco ball in there and a dance floor and yeah, an automatic door for him, <laughs> for you. If you're in the funeral industry and you can answer any of these questions for us, please email us at shakytownradio at gmail or tweet us at shakytownradio. Uh, as always, our website is shakytownradio.com. You can find out about our shows and uh, future and past episodes and whatever weird shit we want to put up there. Uh, where can our internet audience find y'all? Um, well, I'm on Facebook and I have an Etsy store. So That's right. Let's talk really quick before we go here about the Etsy store. Um, what kind of wares are you peddling on the Etsy store? <laughs> Let's make the plug shameless. Yeah. Let's not make anyone feel um, I am peddling bicycle <laughs> head badges, and I think I have some illustration work on there, too. Um, I'm also in the process of making uh, beer, uh, beer stoppers for the man who likes beer but is unable to drink it. <laughs> you know, you get like a really nice beer, and yeah. you only want to have like a certain amount. Yeah, man, man, <laughs> or woman. These are okay. <laughs> so I guess not, the real so they're man. They're not gender specific. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a real man would what finish. Yeah, right. And, and leave the table till your beer's done. <laughs> and finish my beer too. You can find that store at um. The website is etsy.com slash shop slash Angelina Elise, uh, A-N-G-E-L-I-N-A-E-L-I-S-E. Of course, you can click the link at our website to get to that. Also, you have a Tumblr. Yeah, I, I don't use the Tumblr as much. I, I probably should have my own website, as any normal artist would do, but <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't 
found the time for that. There's some good pictures and stuff up here, though, on the... Yeah, it's kind of a collection of stuff I like off the internet, music, yeah. um, and then pictures I take or stuff I'm working on. Yeah, that's at Angelina Elise M, the letter M, dot Tumblr dot com. And um, again, it's... Uh, what about you, Johnny? You want anything you want to... Blog coming up? Any website where yeah. people will track you down? Yeah. Perhaps a personal phone number? Fax line? They need something machine? He's barely on Facebook. Uh, but you can also find out again about more about the event, uh, which is this Friday, May 11th at Jet Studios, 811 East 7th Street, Long Beach, 90813. Go to facebook.com slash Beach, And uh, besides the wonderful art of our guest Angelina at least you can also hear music from uh or the it will be hosted the old time jam hosted by triple chicken foot which uh yeah played many an event at the hyperion back in the day yeah um yeah what what uh what else do we want to say to the folks bob i guess we can uh find you at, at at bob schreiner on twitter yes you can find me bob schreiner anywhere yeah. Sometimes it might be fun to just go to different places and search for a Bob Schreiner there. Just ask. If I'm anywhere, that's where I'm at. Go to Forest Lawn. <laughs> yes. Go to see. Forest Lawn front slash Bob Schreiner. <laughs> and um, I finally got to see that great video of the, the with the. Uh, oh, let's be happy. Let's be happy. Yeah. Wonderful. I finally finally found a free eight minutes in my schedule. <laughs> sat down, watched it, loved it. Thank you. It was a lot of fun to make. <laughs> So we'll we'll um, we've linked that before, but uh, maybe we'll embed it in a post. Hey, hey. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you guys so much for coming. Thank we appreciate you, you making the trek out to Atwater yeah. Village, and we appreciate the cookies as well. And You're welcome. Hope you'll enjoy some of these truffles and granola and and wonderful snacks that we always provide our guests here on the Shaky Town <laughs> Radio Hour. Known for hosting. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, next week you are going to hear uh, some bonus footage, bonus audio from uh, when Phoebe McPherson was here. You'll hear a story about a gentleman named Laundry Shakes, and you'll also hear a dramatic reading of the Amazon listing for Yelta. And then uh, we'll be back with new episodes in a couple weeks. So until then, every I'm... way, every day in between will be a waste. <laughs> this is true. So while you're wasting away, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Bob Schreiner. I'm Angelina Lee. And I'm John Mayo. <laughs> What's your message for the kids out there? Oh, um... Keep there it old go. time. Keep it old time. That works for me. Yeah.